the Bible Study Podcast, Episode 82. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of 1 Timothy. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. I'm going to jump right into 1 Timothy today, starting in Chapter 4. The Spirit clearly says, In later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars, whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. We don't know exactly what heresies it is that Paul is teaching against to Timothy, but we certainly know that there have been a variety of heresies that have risen both in biblical days, in between, and in current days. And he's dealing with, basically, people who are following things that are heretical, and heretical means schism is the sort of the root word or a separation or a branching. And so the idea here is that they've come up with additional things probably as a requirement to salvation, and there's certainly examples of this in church history, that are, Paul says, unimportant, they are anti-scriptural, that not just unimportant, but contrary to scriptures. And therefore he is saying they're following deceiving spirits taught by demons. There are some cases, for instance, where certain sects in church history have decided that they would forbid people to marry and they would There are certain sects, for instance, and Paul may be referring to some of these, that are coming out of a Greek tradition. And in the Greek tradition, their understanding is that the human body was imperfect, that matter was imperfect, that this world needed to pass away. The whole idea to the Greeks of a bodily resurrection of Jesus was folly, as Paul says elsewhere. Because their understanding is that matter or this body is itself just a shadow of reality. And so it might be one of these sects that he's talking about, for instance, that's forbidding people to marry. Because it's a very carnal, a very thing having to do with this body. Or that's telling them certain foods, whether it be vegetarian, meat, whether it be some sects that only eat dry food later on in later days. Just whatever it is, he's saying they are too wrapped up with these these schismatic teachings, these teachings that are in addition to and in contrast to what the Bible is saying. And the message here for us is probably one of keep it simple, that especially in regard to matters of salvation, that there's a basic message that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And once we start adding things onto that, especially in matters of being saved, we are listening to deceiving spirits. We're getting off into self-induced schisms to heresies. And so Timothy is warned here by Paul that, and Paul says in later times, obviously for Paul, his times were the latest times, but I think it's been true for all times that watch out for these additional teachings, these teachings that add on layers of truth to that which is the basic gospel. And he's saying basically in regard to food, for instance, nothing, everything God created is good, nothing is to be rejected if accepted with thanksgiving. 
Now, this is interesting coming from someone who grew up with the dietary laws of someone who is Jewish, but by this time it has been decided by the councils, especially for Gentiles, that these things are not of the core of the gospel, that they are required for the Jews, but they are not required for Gentile believers in Christianity. They have been asked basically at the Council of Jerusalem to abstain from meat sacrificed to idols and to practice sexual purity which is a fairly simple list. And Paul is saying, watch out for those people, especially hypocritical liars, people who say one thing and do something else, whose consciences have been seared with a hot iron. I think he's saying here that they have lost their conscience. And he goes on to say, if you point these things out to the brothers, you'll be a good minister of Christ Jesus, brought up in the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both present life and the life to come. So, Timothy is a minister. He has been left in a position of ministering to the saints, or a pastor is probably the closest thing that we would say today in Ephesus, as Paul writes back to him here. And he says, Timothy has been brought up well, both with his family, as we know from elsewhere, the faith of his mother and grandmother are pointed out, but also he's listened to good teaching. He has a good foundation that he has built on. And that's a good thing, having that good foundation. And he's saying also then, what we also need is practice. We need training in our godliness, in our character isn't something that you get just by listening. You need application and need continuous application and trial to hone the character of godliness, to hone this this tendency to look for what is God's way in this situation and in this particular decision. And that's something Timothy has. And he says to have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Again, I think, like the first paragraph here is, there is simplicity in the gospel. There are all sorts of speculations about other things. You know, we can get into who did Cain marry? Well, he married the children of men, and we, what that might mean. And frankly, I would find that an interesting discussion, just completely unimportant. It's not central to the message that God loves this people and desires to be with them and that we are a fallen people because of sin. We are separated from God and that God created this bridge, which is Jesus, to allow us to get, regain relationship with him. And so he's saying, again, keep in this center truth and don't worry too much about the weeds. Don't worry too much about all of these other things and wives' tales and godlessness and things. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance, and for this we labor and strive that we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, and especially of those who believe. Two interesting things I see in that. One is, Paul is saying, this is where our hope is. Our hope is in God. Our hope isn't in what we eat. Our hope isn't in whether we're married or unmarried. Our hope isn't in these other tales. Our hope is in God and what he has done, because he is the Savior of all men, he says, especially those who believe. So there is in this a small indication where we see elsewhere in the Gospels and elsewhere in some of the letters from the apostles like First Peter that there's intention that God would save everyone. We know everyone won't be saved, but that is God's intention. Is it a call to all people 
to all men and women, especially those who believe, to those who've been called. Paul goes on to say, Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. This is actually the first specific thing within this book that says that Timothy, who has this relationship of like being a son to Paul, is a young man still. And despite the fact that Paul says his foundation is well laid and he needs to continue to train himself in godliness, he's been put in a position of authority where he is being a minister or a pastor to people who are older than him. And Paul says, don't worry too much about that. Instead, show yourself an example. And he gives five particular areas in speech, in what he says, but then also in what he does in life. Let all of your life be an example. We had a speaker once back in college that said, people should be able to see that you're a Christian by the way you spread peanut butter. Now, I'm not quite sure what that would look like, but I like the idea of that everything I do should be consistent with my faith. I'm still working on the peanut butter one. In love. So again, Timothy is called as a Christian, and as a Christian we are called to emulate that love that God has shown through Jesus. So it isn't just what he says, it isn't just how he lives, but his life should enact the love of God. In faith and in purity, in faith in the beliefs that he is building on this foundation that has been started, and also in especially being a young man, keeping away from some of the young man's vices, especially sexual temptations, in his purity. And devote himself to the public reading of scriptures, to preaching and to teaching. We don't know exactly whether those are the gifts that Paul is talking about, whether it is his gift of preaching and teaching, but we know that Timothy is gifted, that he has been given a gift from God, and Paul is just encouraging him, as he would encourage all of us if he were to write to us, to use the gifts that God has given us, to continue to build on the foundation we have, to continue to train ourselves to be godly. Be diligent in these matters, give yourself wholly to them, so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely, persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So again, Paul encourages him, as again he would encourage us, to be diligent, to be intentional, to be working on all of these issues to give himself to him, and to continue to make progress. Timothy isn't there yet, not just because he's young, but because he's human. We don't know what areas Timothy is struggling with, but he's he still has progress to be made. Persevere and save both yourself and your hearers. Part of the reason why Paul is encouraging Timothy to be an example in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity is that it is important for those around him to save them for the gospel, to save them for God. With that, we'll bring this episode of the Bible Study Podcast to a close. If you have any questions, send them to host at the Bible Study Podcast or leave a comment at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening.
Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. We're hosts of the Kainos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. To learn more and subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.